Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide, the show that teaches realtors how to create a thriving real estate business. Welcome to today's episode of the Real Estate Survival Guide podcast. I am honored to have you with me for today's episode, and I am honored to bring you a special guest today. I have Josh Engler here, and Josh is a buyer agent on Team Kristen Schramm with Keller Williams Legacy San Antonio. Josh has been named among the top producing agents and holds his own among a team of skilled, professional, and high-volume real estate agents. Josh provides personalized buying experience for each client. Before real estate, Josh spent years traveling for his career in music and learned the value of building relationships and understanding that people are unique in their dreams for a fulfilling life. Many of you might know Josh's name from his time as the lead singer of the band Abandoned, and then for a short time as the lead singer of the huge Christian rock band Audio Adrenaline. I am so thankful to have Josh here. And it's been cool, you know, from my photography days, I photographed creation, different festivals, and just kind of followed his music and what he was doing. And so it's a pleasure to have Josh here. Josh, you know, moving from state to state with his family as a young man, it helped him understand the process and complexities of relocating your family to a new place to live. And so that helps him create great relationships with his clients now. He became licensed in 2012, and he has experience in farm and ranch and residential real estate transactions. He enjoys helping his clients find the best house that they can make into a home. And so, Josh, thank you so much. Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide podcast. Man, I'm really glad to be here today. Very honored to be able to hopefully share something that helps somebody else out from my story. Yeah, for sure. And I know you definitely will. We chatted for a few minutes before. And it's just an honor, like I said, an honor to have you here. An honor to kind of, you know, follow your journey. You know, so much of what you did for a period of time was kind of in the public eye, right? Whether it's as a pastor in the public eye, whether it's in music, you know, lead singer of bands, you know, and you've been on stages, right? On tour with newsboys and next, you know, in front of thousands of people. And so I would kind of love to just hear that from being a part of those bands to a pastor, musician, realtor. I would kind of just love to hear more about your background and your journey to, you know, what led you to being a great agent there in San Antonio, Texas with your team with Keller Williams. Man, I guess I can start it out with really the primary theme through most of my life, my adult life, after getting into the band. And to be honest, when I was first joining and forming the band Abandoned, you know, I really wasn't thinking too long term. I was really thinking about the here and now and the next song, the next concert. And so through that eight years, in the career, music, getting signed, being on the stages with Abandoned, those experiences, I really developed, it was sort of a, an appetite for deeper relationships through that time. And it wasn't even that I it wasn't in a place where I could create deep relationships with people because I've seen other professional musicians be able to do that in their careers and all that. But I, it was something inside of me God was working on. He was working on me through that process. And so I realized that I needed to make a shift. And so I jumped out of Abandon and they continued on without me. I started a journey of falling in love with the local church. And my shift in focus was going from meeting thousands of people every week to spending time with a few hundred people over and over again in the local church context. And so I took a drastic change toward relationships and building deeper relationships and long-lasting relationships in my life. And so my wife and I have been with a church plant called Grace Avenue Church for the last 10 years. 
And we help them get started from eight, 12 people in a living room to now several hundred people in an auditorium and several buildings and theaters along the way. And so that journey has helped me realize that relationships are critical to everything in life. God uses people around us to move our lives, for them to enrich our lives, for us to be able to enrich their lives. It's all about community. It's all about relationships. Life is all about relationships. And so when I was young, my dream lifestyle was to be a hermit in a log cabin on a mountaintop in the woods of Tennessee or somewhere without anyone else around. Like I wanted to wear buckskin clothing and shoot a deer for food when I needed it and not have anyone else around. And so I've come on quite a journey in learning about wanting to be all alone by myself in seclusion to now I'm interacting at a deep level with people on a daily basis that are in transition in their life. You know, it's a unique moment in someone's life when they're looking at a real estate transaction, when they're needing to find a new home. Some of that comes with pain. You know, there's, it's a painful reason why they're needing to look for a new home. Some of it's fully joyful. Their family's growing, you know, or they're, they have a job transition. And a lot of times it's exciting. And there are good emotions that are coming along with the real estate process. But sometimes it feels a lot like ministry. And that's actually what I had done for the last eight years of my life before transitioning into full-time real estate. So I got my license back in 2012. I started out in the farm and ranch. The broker I was with at the time was a part of my small church plant. It was actually his living room where the church was getting started. And so I was leaving my band and he took me under his wing and said, hey, I think you have a great personality for real estate. Why don't you join my team? I'll help you. So he helped walk me through, get my license, come on to his brokerage and get started. We spent weeks together in his truck driving around the hill country of Texas and Bernie area. So I learned a lot from him through conversations. You know, if you're driving around with your broker and you get to hear them on the phone, they're negotiating, you know, yeah. uh, they're, they're talking to new clients about property stuff. So I learned a lot from just listening to him. That unfortunately didn't translate into me being successful in farm and ranch realty. So I was continuing to try to work a part-time job on the side as well, being in real estate and really kind of found it to be a false start. Although I didn't fall out of love with real estate, I continued to move forward in knowledge. I kept my continuing education going, try to keep track of the market. I was also doing my own personal transactions for my own personal homes as well. But I had an opportunity to go on staff at a church based on my experience in the band. And I ended up taking that. My wife and I, we moved out of state actually for two years so that I could be the worship pastor at my family's old church, home church, where my grandmother went to church for years. It was such an honor. And then after two years of that, decided it was time to come back home to Texas. My wife's family is here. We had a two-year-old son at the time. And so we came back to San Antonio, and I came on staff at the church that we helped get started. And so five years now after being on staff at that church, I stepped off the staff and become a full-time buyer's agent on Team Kristen Schramm and have seen quite a bit of success in my first seven, almost eight months now on the team here on Team Kristen Schramm. The beauty of this team is that they have a focus toward treating our clients like family. And so that's our main filter is when we get on the phone with somebody, well, I'm treating them as if I'm talking to my dad, my mom, my sister, or my brother. And I'm advising them like they're my family. And so we hope that they feel that, you know, our referrals say that, their testimonials, you know, that they write about us, speak to that. 
they get that type of care. And so for me, my whole journey has been about relationships um, up to this point. I'm so grateful for what I've come through, what God has shaped inside of me, and now what I'm using, um, all those lessons learned to do now. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's so cool, to, again, to kind of see God you work in your journey. You know, one of the questions I had, but you sort of already answered it, was I was kind of like, well, hey, you know, you're on stage, you know, you're in front of thousands of people playing, you know, concerts, you toured with newsboys and things like that. And so I kind of was like, oh, well, it's probably hard to then go from that to, oh, hey, now I'm going to help Mr. and Mrs. You know, buyer buy a house. But it actually sounds like it's almost been a natural transition for you because your whole focus, even in the band doing music has always been, hey, this isn't to play in front of thousands of people, you know, with your music to praise God. And I think to build relationships, to help people. And so it actually seems I'm getting chills even thinking about it. It's almost like so natural of a transition for you to then be like, all right, now I'm going to jump full time into real estate, which we both kind of said before we got on is relationships. But it sounds like it's I mean, I'm sure there's been hard things along the way, but it sounds like it's been a great transition where, well, I wanted to do relationships in music. And then as a pastor, and now I get to do that every day for my clients that I treat like family. And so much of it has been a personal journey. You know, when you're on stage in front of a thousand people, that can almost feel like, if I'm relating that to real estate, it can almost feel like you just want a transaction. And so you do what you have to do. You put on the performance. And at the end of the day, you sold them a t-shirt, you sold them a CD, you know, you sold them a couple buttons or stickers, and you drove them to your website to do it again the next time, mm -hmm. right? And most of that feels like the trend. And I had fallen into that kind of a trap where this is a performance and at the end of the day, I have selling merchandise. And so what I began to realize in and of myself, what the human desire really is, is to belong. And so relationship is all about fulfilling that longing to belong. And so I wanted to belong. After years and years of being on stage and being in front of people, I feel like I got really good at doing that and performing and then would get off the stage and felt like I was disconnected from home. I was disconnected from my church, was disconnected from my family because I was touring and traveling so much. And I was, yes, I was interacting with thousands of people every single night, but it was a lot of shallow wells. It was a thousand shallow wells. And so what I wanted to do was I wanted to deepen those relationships in my life and create some lifelong friends, friendships, and sort of be able to massage that area of my heart that needed to feel like I belong somewhere. You know, not just that a bunch of people love me from a distance, but that there's a few people who love me deeply. And so I know that, you know, that's a soul level conversation for sure, but it has become a filter for me on how to treat other people and how to cultivate relationships. And I, I'm still working on it. I'm, you know, to be honest, I'm not ready to do my master class on relationship building yet because I know there's still work for me to be done. And, you know, I've come a long way, but I'm still learning every day and with every phone call, getting on the phone with somebody, you know, because a lot of times I feel like I have the same conversation with just a different face. It's the same conversation over and over again, but with a different person, a different name. And a lot of our clients are asking the same questions, right? Well, why this neighborhood? Or sell me on San Antonio. Or do I really have to pay over asking price for this house? And the answer is, is yes, you know, for that question. But building those relationships, man, it, I'm still on that journey, still working through it uh, daily. Yeah, that's awesome. And one of the things I think is cool watching you is, especially as a buyer's agent and what you're doing there, where it's a lot of buyers, 
you know, by creating a good relationship, and you know, I don't know if this is a question or a statement, but by creating a good relationship, you don't have people that then say, oh, well, Josh just wants me to max out my bid so he makes more money. You have people that then I'm going to assume say, no, Josh is going to guide me and do what's best. He wants me to save money, but he's realistic about the market. And he wants me to get a home, like, and to be able to create that home for my family, right? So I'm guessing those kind of relationships you're building where you don't have people going, oh, you're just trying to max me out. It's that trust factor that comes into play. You know, you want your client to trust you. And when they know that you have their best interest in mind, then there's the foundation of trust right there. You know, uh, an example we use on our team is that there's a lady walking into a cell phone repair shop, right? And she had broken her phone. And so the first person she interacts with is telling her, you need a new phone. And she said, well, but is there anything else I can do? Can we repair this one? And they said, nope, it's beyond repair. You need a new phone. And so the lady ends up getting frustrated and saying, let me see your manager. So the manager comes out and says, ma'am, I see that your phone is broken. You're probably going to need a new phone, but let's see what we can do before you know I make that my recommendation. And so that manager begins to research third-party screen replacement companies and then dials down onto, at the end of the day, the lady bought a new phone, but it was about how she was taken care of through the process. And so at the end of the day, most of our clients are going to be overpaying for their homes right now. You know, we know that appreciation is going to give them that equity back. But at the end of the day, they're probably going to be overpaying for that house. But it's how are we handling them through that process? And we do a lot of masterminds on our team to help us in conversation points, how to help our clients get past some of their mental blocks. You know, yesterday, just had a gentleman on the phone and he was scared of the appraisal waiver. You know, he had heard horror stories about the appraisal waiver. And so I was able to help walk him through. And there was a point where I had to cut him off and say, no, this is actually the way that that works. Because he had a false idea about it. He was super afraid. Nah, I don't want to put that appraisal waiver in there. We're not going to be able to get the financing and we're going to be stuck in that contract. So let me explain to you the reasons why that's actually not the right way that this works. That's not the way this works. And so I was able to help him redefine. And then I built trust with him through that conversation, even though I was correcting him. You know, some of our clients, they think they know so much about the industry. And yet we're having these conversations every single day and we're correcting them. At the end of the day, we're really telling them you're wrong. But it's how we're going about telling them you're wrong. And this is what is actually right. I think is critical to build that relationship and build that trust. Yeah. And one of the things too, that for all realtors, even new realtors out there is that I try to even say on the show is you're the expert, you know, but don't say it in a cocky way, but you have to also educate people. So many people, you know, I just had a client that will go under contract today on a home and she had such a bad experience the last time. So it's almost like a bad breakup where she's like a little jaded working with a realtor because she had such a bad experience. So realtors out there, we have to create those relationships and experiences for people where they feel like, hey, I can trust you. Absolutely. I love it. You know, you don't go to the grocery store and buy your groceries and expect for your cashier to continue to reach out to you. But real estate is not that type of a transaction. I think it's because we're so deep into a very critical moment in someone's life. You know, for a lot of people, this is the largest purchase they'll ever make. And so that extra care, not only does it give you hopefully referrals and a great testimonial, but it builds a relationship, it builds a friendship for life. And you don't really know, unless you take good care of someone, the dividends that that will pay above and beyond your commission check when that deal closes. 
I think there's so much more that comes beyond the closing table versus just that commission check if you've built that relationship correctly. Yeah, and I think one of the ways that you know you shared briefly before we got on the episode, but one of the ways that, and I'd love for you to just kind of briefly touch on this for you know a minute is one of the things you said to me is you know educating my clients and talking to them and guiding them how to create attractive offers for the seller, not just a high dollar. So for realtors out there all over the country that are struggling with that, what do you do and and how does it work and how has that helped you build better relationships with your clients? I think there's really three critical personalities take into mind whenever we're negotiating a transaction. Ultimately, we think we can easy to identify the buyer and the seller and their motivation, right? But also, there's another party in there, and that's the listing agent. You know, since I'm a buyer's agent, most of the time I'm just negotiating with listing agents. It's also their motivations, their experience, what other agents are coming to them and bringing offers to them. If you can show them that you're going to be a great agent through this transaction process, they will most likely give your offer just a good word, you know, to the seller. They may even say, hey, I've done transactions with this agent before, and they're on top of their game. You know, so our track record with other people in the industry comes into play, and it's a big deal. But also, we know we're farming our friends and family. That listing agent may be related to that seller. And so they're looking out for the best interest of that seller. It's not a dollar figure at the end of the day for that agent. You know, they're going to see those people for years to come. Family reunions, you know, weddings, uh, birthdays. And they're going to have to look that person in the eye for years to come. And so they want to take really good care of their family members. And so I just had that. I use that as an example because I just had that in a transaction where we won for $65,000 under the asking price. And what actually won it for us was I got on the phone with that agent, built a relationship with that agent, sold my client to her before Mm. we ever presented an offer. And then she let me know that her sellers were not highly motivated to move, but they were motivated to sell. And so I got some information from her. You know, how many of you agents are picking up the phone, calling the listing agent, having a great conversation with them, and trying to think outside the box on how can I build a relationship with this listing agent to know what's going to be best for their client? You know, um, don't just ask, hey, what price is going to win this thing? Ask, what do your sellers really need? And so I talk to my buyers about getting in the mind of the seller trying to determine the motivation of the seller and how we can take the most stress off of them that's possible for your buyer, right? So if your buyer has deep pockets, they have a bunch of money to throw at the deal, you can use that in different ways. A partial appraisal or a full appraisal waiver on the property, you can use that in purchasing the title policy for the seller on their behalf. I mean, you can pick up the survey, you can pick up the HOA document, you know, all kinds of things you can do to take stress off of the seller. And that becomes more attractive. And I've won several offers by not being the highest number, the highest price bidder, but the one that had the most solid offer. So I've had several agents come back to me and say, you weren't the highest, but you were the most solid. And so that, you know, we won that $65,000 under offer because we offered a three month lease back because my buyers were able to do it. And we knew that that would help the sellers out. They're older, they're having health issues. They're not ready to move yet, but they need the funds in order to move. And so they're going to live in that house for three months for a hundred dollars. Yeah. And then they'll, they'll be able to move out on their own time in and amongst their hospital and doctor visits and everything for their health complications that they're having. And so that meant more to them than a higher priced offer. Yeah, I love it. And it's so it's just interesting to be creative today before we got on here. I saw a property this weekend 
And we basically offered list price. We didn't go, but I called the agent, built a relationship with him. You know, he kind of said, like, you sound like you shoot straight. You're going to be honest. And I'm like, 100%, man. And that really can change. And now, did they get another offer? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know that. But the fact that I already built that relationship with this agent, you know, once the offer was received, it's kind of like you're saying, he was like, oh my goodness, Mr. and Mrs. Seller. And it's about understanding where they're coming from, right? The seller, two weeks after she bought the property in 2016, her husband passed away. So now you think about the emotions that for five years, she's lived in this house and is now moving to an apartment because it's too much to manage. So it's about like, hey, I care about like the relationship. And so like, what's it going to take? And when the agent said to me, like, hey, look, we don't want the most money. We just want like to close as quick as possible. She wants to close this chapter. It kind of helps me structure it in a way that benefits the seller and benefits my buyer. I don't think real estate doesn't have to be a lose, lose, lose. Everybody can win and be happy. The seller can be happy with the price. And the buyer can be happy that they didn't have to like, you know, outbid 15 other people. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it feels so good whenever you get to call that buyer and say, yeah. hey, we won. And you know what? We weren't the highest price offer. Yeah, I think every buyer wants to hear that, right? They want to know, hey, you didn't have to pay out the note for this thing and we won it. But it's because we were able to do other things for that seller and take pressure off of them. So I'm just always trying to put my buyer in the seller's shoes. Yep. You know, I've got buyers who want, you know, discount deals and things like that right. as well. So you got to work on them. You know, it takes a few lost offers, you know, on our team this year, primarily, you know, we were seeing upwards of like four or five lost offers for each client. And then we would get them. But it's working with that client to bring them up. You know, most of the time they're going to come in and they're going to say, my max budget is 300000 And then at the end of the day, you end up, well, once you get under contract, that home's probably going to be around the 345 maybe 355 mark. And so it's about educating them, not only on the lending process, because they could probably get approved for more if they're talking to a great lender. And I always advocate for, no offense, national companies, I always advocate for local lenders. Yes. Because, you know, building relationships with local lenders yep. is a big deal. It's all about relationships, man. I think the golden rule of real estate is the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do to yeah, you. Yeah. You know, and so you're, what you're saying is that lady lost her husband. She's needing somebody who's going to be sympathetic to that and understand her situation. And I treat her like a human and not just a commission check. So I love these interviews because sometimes, you know, I see something and I'm like, oh my goodness, that's a great conversation. So today on your Facebook story, you kind of put out, Hey guys, praying that you all, as you get into this week, you have clarity, focus, and vision for the most important things. And you said the most important things, that's all we need to accomplish is the most important things. And so I would love for you to kind of share with the realtors out there listening to this. You're swamped, man. Like you've got so much going on. So like, how do you focus on the most important things? And what does that look like in your real estate career, but also like your family, your faith, et cetera? I am really involved in a lot of deeply in a lot of areas of my life. And but that's the journey that I've been on. And I wanted to be there. I wanted to have deeper relationships, deeper connections in what I'm doing. And so for me, it has been a process of analyzing. And this is important in my life. You know, my wife and I talk a lot about there's this idea of, of having a uh, balance, you know, and not having one thing out of order or another thing out of order. And our pastor has this motto that he lives by, and it's that something's always going to be losing in your life. Just don't let it be the same thing always. And so there are moments where your family's going to take a hit because you need to focus on a deal. 
there's moments that your business is going to take a hit because you need to focus on your family. And so there's this, and then ministry as well as that third leg of the stool in my life. And so I just preached on Sunday at my church. And so I'm coming into the week off of being on platform and having the honor to preach at my church and looking ahead this week and going, okay, I've got to catch up on some stuff with business. I really do. I need to push that stuff forward. But also last week, my children had concerts at their school. And I had to run around. My wife needed help because her job's pulling on her a lot. And so I was running around this past week trying to find a clip-on tie for my son and a shirt for my daughter, you know, and different things that they need for their concerts at school. And so just managing what is most important right now in uh, context with ultimately what's important. Because you know what? If I lose this real estate team, I still have my family. So what, you know, what ultimately is important to me this week? And so identifying what remains in our lives. I think what you can't shake, what you can't get rid of, that's what is the most important in your life right now. And so pay attention to those things. Everything else would be nice to do. You know, they'd be really, they'd be nice to accomplish that. It'd be nice to accomplish that. But at the end of the day, you got to focus on what's important first and just live your life through that filter and that grid. So I was inspired on that this morning, man. I'm just trying to use my social media in a way to inspire people. I'm not trying to be only real estate and just drive business through my, because I'm a pastor and I'm a musician and so many people know me for so many things. And so, you know, I'm trying to find the opportunities to use my social media to inspire with all the passions that my life are attached to. Yeah. And I think, you know, because of, you know, you've built an audience, right? Like I've connected with you because I've just known, you know, watch what you've done from music. And I think it's cool that you have an opportunity, whether at real estate, whether at things at church, you have an opportunity. It kind of goes back to that, what you're talking about. You have that deeper desire for relationships with people, as you spoke about towards the beginning. So part of like your social media helps you connect with people. You don't know the people that see your story. And like, maybe that inspires somebody that really was hopeless today that says, oh, if I just, or feels like they're just stressed out and you can say, oh. Hey, if they say what is the most important things today, that kind of can take away some of that anxiety. So I think it's awesome what you're doing with it. I really do. And I'm very thankful for your time, man. So thank you so much. As we close out, one more question, and then I'd love to hear, you know, where people can find you. You know, as we close out, if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice when you started your real estate career, what would it be? That is a really, really good question. I'm, I'm digging down deep right now. 10 years ago, it would be get creative and pick up the phone. Because I learned that once I dial that number and I get over the fear of actually hitting the call button, I have a really good conversation with somebody. And so that's what I've learned is let's get on the phone. Let me talk to this person. And you know what? I don't have to have all of the answers right now to just to dial the number. Build the relationship and then you can do the homework. You have to have the relationship before you have any homework. You know, and so for me, as I said, in Farm and Ranch, I felt like it was a false start for me. And so I've had to learn so much real estate specific in lead generation techniques. And uh, man, there's a great resource, you know, a gentleman that I have really appreciated. And his whole thing is relationship over transaction. I don't know if that cued you into who it is or not, but he's like, make a hundred phone calls a day, do it in the first part of the day. And then you can feel really good about yourself and get all your homework done and all your showings done at the end of the day. And so that has just helped me to get over any kind of phone fear that I've had in building my real estate career. And 
I watch something that inspires me. If I'm coming into the day, you know, I'm kind of a melancholy personality, you know, as a creative and a songwriter. And so some of y'all out there might relate to me is that you start a Monday or heck, you start a Thursday and you're not feeling super excited. Watch something inspirational going to give you that push because that you need that energy to go through your day. Every person you connect with on the other side of the phone call, they don't know what kind of a day you're having. And so if you can lift their day, then you can help them feel better about their day. They're going to feel better about you, which is going to make them feel better about you as an agent, as someone who's trying to build trust with them and can carry them forward into this pivotal season of their lives. It's all about relationship. It's all about keeping ourselves motivated. So 10 years ago, it would have been pick up the phone and call somebody. I love it, man. I appreciate your time and thank you so much. It's seriously an honor. Again, I've just kind of followed your music journey and what you did. And then it's kind of, you know, once I saw you in real estate, I was like, I would love to connect with him. But it's really cool to just talk to you as well and just kind of hear how Jesus has kind of guided you all along the way, the entire journey, like through music, through being a pastor, through starting a church, then going back there and working there, all those different things. It's cool to see God really like guiding you and your family. So thanks so much for sharing a little bit of your story today with us. And I'm so honored to do it. And one really quick thought here is that, you know, a lot of people come into real estate from a very, a various background, you know, various experiences. And I think for me, a value that I've been able to take is, is those experiences make me better if I let them. You know, there's gold and there's God moments in our past, but we have to go back and mine those things out and try to find those. We can feel like, man, I'm in real estate because I wasn't successful doing anything else. This is my last option. I know some agents out there feel like that. And so I just want to encourage whoever's thinking that today, your past experiences are in your life for a reason. And there's good things and gold things that you can take from those and put them into your real estate career. Awesome, Josh. Thank you so much. And thank you for your time. As we close out, um, just kind of love to know, you know, what it, maybe it's an agent, you know, listening to the podcast who wants to connect about maybe a referral in your area in San Antonio, or they're just interested in kind of following you or connected and seeing what you're up to. Where can people find you and kind of, you know, what are you working on in your business and how can they connect with you? Well, you know, you can shoot me an email, joshingler.realtor at gmail.com. I'd love to connect with you there. Probably the simplest and easiest way. If you're an agent and you're wanting to connect with me and, and pick my brain or something like that, as far as music goes, I'm really starting to focus more back on my band, Abandon, and writing. Uh, we just we're finishing up a song right now. It's the first one we've written together in 10 years, and so that's exciting. I'm on social media, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, that's about it. I mean, Google Josh Engler, San Antonio, Team Kristen, Tram, Keller Williams, Realty. Something's gonna come up. And <laughs> They'll get you somehow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. Honored to speak with you and we'll talk with you soon. That sounds great, John. Thank you so much for having me on today. Thanks. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of the Real Estate Survival Guide podcast. I am so thankful to Josh Engler for coming on the podcast today. It was an honor to speak with him. We had a great conversation. You know, the what I cut down for the interview was probably, what, about 30 minutes there. But we talked for over an hour. And just some of the things he shared about, you know, people that care about people and love people and love Jesus being in real estate and how much there is a need for that was just so impactful to me. It wasn't part of our actual interview, but he's amazing. Check him out. You can check him out at all the spots he talked about as we closed out the episode. Just to close out today's show, I just want to talk about some of my highlights from the episode. About three minutes in, he kind of talked about, you know, during his work in Abandon and with Audio Adrenaline. 
he's always kind of thinking about the next song and the next concert. And so he was kind of striving for deeper relationships. And guys, this is the key to real estate and why he's so good at it at there in San Antonio, Texas. He knew that he was good at relationships. And if you can develop amazing and deep relationships with your clients, you'll have success. And so it's cool to watch him develop those deep relationships there. You know, another thing he talked about was how he went from, you know, speaking to thousands of people or a couple hundred thousand of people a week to then, you know, forming more of those deep relationships. And he talked about how he's learned over his career how relationships are critical to everything in life. Again, I'll say it again, how important relationships are, but I loved the way he put it, that they are critical to everything in life. You've heard me talk about it, how I try to create deep relationships, and so it's awesome to talk to other realtors across the country who are doing that, and it just reminds me to even, you know, double and triple down even more on creating those relationships. You know, I talked about relationships to start off the year with my first real estate word for 2022, And so it just, again, reminds me, continue focusing on them, continue caring about people if you want to have success. He talked on the show as well, you know, as we got into the show, how he treats people like family, treats people like his mom or his dad. And that was amazing. I don't know the relationship you have with your parents. But when he said that, it really spoke to me. You know, I've worked with multiple family members to buy houses over my few years in the real estate business. And a lot of family members wouldn't do it. You know, they don't want you knowing about their financial situation. They don't want you knowing, you know, how much money they have or what they make, etc. But I've been very thankful to the family members who trust me when they go to buy or sell a home. Because, you know, not only are you trusting me, oh, hey, you know, you're trusting me to purchase a home or sell the home, but you're really trusting me with so much more. And I think we need to treat all our clients like this, right? treat them like family, you know, just because I know, you know, certain financial aspects of my family member's life because I've helped them buy or sell houses. I have integrity and I keep that to myself. And it's part of, I think, just doing business the right way. And, you know, when you treat family members the right way, and when they feel, hey, I really could trust John, I really, you know, he had my best interest at heart, he kept those confidential details confidential to just himself, like he was the only one that knew about them. But if we can treat people that way, again, relationships, if we can treat people well, we'll have success. Relationships just kept coming up in this interview, and I loved it. You know, a longing to belong and, you know, being disconnected from being in the band to then getting into real estate. And it was so interesting because, you know, he said, when you go to the grocery store, your cashier checks you out. You don't expect the cashier to reach out. It's a different type of transaction. And that was so interesting because I've never thought about it that way. And then he said that, but buying a home is different. Buying a home is a very critical moment in a person's life. And it's just so true. And we have to remember, again, as realtors, we might do, you know, 10, 15, 30, 50, 100 deals a year. And so it might just seem like our normal routine. But for most people, this is the biggest thing they've ever done in their life. And they have to be able to trust them. You know, just kind of to close out, I know I've thrown a couple things at you. You know, one of the most interesting parts of this interview to me, and again, it goes back to relationships, but when he talked about his relationship with the other agent, you know, how he has to sell himself and mostly his client to the other agent. He said, you know, in this certain situation, he sold his client to the person, to the other agent. He picked up the phone, called the listing agent and said, hey, what does your seller need? You know, and he talked about how he they didn't have the highest dollar amount of the offer, but they had the most solid offer. You know, I think about this so much with clients that I've interacted with. 
part of having that success is just getting creative, right? Getting creative, being willing to call the agent and just structuring the deal a certain way. I've had certain clients that lost out on multiple deals and then they'll offer to pay the transfer tax, you know, because you can only pay so much for the house. It has to appraise. But then the transfer tax is basically 1% of the purchase price on each side. And so I've had clients, you know, on a $200,000 home say, oh, well, we'll pay the transfer tax on both sides. And so it's an additional $2,000 into the seller's pocket. And so that could be a game changer for them. So it's all about getting creative and building that relationship on both sides. You know, I recently had an interaction with an agent where I reached out and just said, hey, what does your seller need? What do they want? And I found out that they, you know, the seller actually had a horrible life experience. When the seller and her husband at the time purchased the home, the husband then died two months later. And so for the last four or five years, this person has been a widow, a single mom taking care of their son all alone and didn't really have time to take care of the home. And so the house kind of needed some work. And so I reached out to the agent, created a relationship with him. He knew from the very beginning I was going to be honest. I was going to have integrity. I was going to care about the, you know, relationship and about his seller as well, while also trying to, you know, make the deal work for my buyer. And we ended up getting the house. And my buyer was thrilled, which is great. But even more so, the seller also took a deal that worked for them, where they knew we wouldn't ask for repairs to be done because she just didn't have the emotional, mental, physical capacity to do it she would just give a credit at the end at settlement for the work to be done from the inspection. So it's all about creating relationships with people, being open and honest with people. That's such a huge thing in real estate. And you guys know this. And a lot of people don't do it. But it's just about creating those relationships. You know, as he closed out, I said, what would be one piece of advice? And Josh said, get creative, pick up the phone, make those calls. And it's relationship over transaction. And I think that's what it has to be. So thankful to Josh. It's been cool to get to know him over the past few months and do this interview with him. And just so, so thankful for how he is doing real estate the right way there in San Antonio, Texas on his team. How he's loving people, serving them, really following Jesus and, you know, having those hard conversations sometimes with, with his clients, but being open and honest and just doing the right thing. We need so much more of that in real estate. So it was an honor to speak with him. Thank you, Josh, so much again for your time. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. I know it was a little bit of a longer interview, but I really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate you guys. And I'll see you guys soon. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Survival Guide. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. It helps others discover the show. Thank you so much. And we will see you on the next episode.